1: Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf, I'm Diane Knox-Bayless and Steve Elkington is here. We are kicking off the West Coast Swing on the PGA Tour after a fortnight in Hawaii. Elk, this, this is a real highlight of the PGA Tour season for so many reasons in that we're starting a bunch of, what, like five really, really big events and we've got a couple of those elevated events coming up too.
0: Yeah, yes, yesterday, Diana, watched the end of the Hawaiian tournament, the Sony, and uh, Siwoo Kim put together back-to-back 64s on the weekend, had that crazy shirt on with PGA Tour, the Korean style across, looked pretty good. I like to see him, chi- I saw him chip in on 17 and showed a bit of emotion, made a, made a birdie on 18. Uh, Buckley, of course, was right there at the end. Uh, couldn't quite birdie 18 to time, but Siwoo Kim... You know, his career, won the Players' Championship. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like this, you know, just got married. Of course, you missed him last week. You forgot about the married and his wife now also a good uh, tour player. Uh, That was the first win for them together, so that was nice to see. Simu Coombe's a very good player, but it was very evident to me, Diane, watching the TV that this was a non-elevated event compared to the tournament the previous week and we're going to see that a little bit and is this going to be is this going to affect our golf watching i know it won't affect mine and yours but there's definitely going to be some haves and haves not this year, don't you think?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, even this week, it's a really good showing for the American Express. That's where we are in Palm Springs. And there's 10 of the official World Golf Rank Top 20 who are playing this week, eight of the Top 15. So we're seeing some big names, you know, John Rams back in action, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley. So we do have, um, you know, some, some highlight names playing this week, which... Makes it a little bit of a step up from last week. But guys are really planning their schedules now because we have two of those elevated events coming up soon in California. Well, one in California in, in Riviera, the Genesis, and the Waste Management Phoenix Open right before that as well. So there's a lot of schedule planning for, for the top guys going on.
0: Yeah, and, and now we move to Palm Springs, Diane, the famous Bob Hope. classic we used to that was the name of it years ago uh fantastic place to go play they they moved back to 150 in the field this week play on three different courses of course the home course is PGA West Stadium course I have nightmares still from that course Diane that's where I went through and got my tour card in 1986 I was playing that course with woods and ballada balls I'll tell you how intimidating it was Diane the 16th hole before the Alcatraz hole with the Island Green is a bunker off to the left. You've probably seen it on TV. It's about 20 feet deep. We were so scared of that bunker on the par five that we laid back so far (laughs) because if we got in it with our 55-degree wedges, we didn't have a 60 back then. We couldn't get out of it in practice, and we knew that would be the end of us if we went down in there. So that one, they play at the uh, PGA West Nicholas course, and then they go over to one of the old sort of Original uh, rotation courses, La Quinta Country Club, very small property, very typical-looking uh, Palm Springs course. So scores will be very good this week, very wide-open field, Diane. We've studied everything, but we, we really, really don't know much because every hole out there is pretty easy. We know the scoring will be 20 or so under. We saw some good players uh, uh Hudson Swafford win last year at 23 under, made 29 birdies. We're going to talk about all that this week. But your brother, uh, doesn't he go out there and practice in Palm Springs?
1: Yeah, he's got a place out there. Russell drives, um, well, he doesn't drive. He has someone that drives an RV for him. So that's his um, method of transport slash accommodation when he's playing the tour now. And he has like a, a permanent place for it in Palm Springs. So he flew out there the day after Christmas. He spends a lot of time out there during the year when he can, but does not love this tournament. He's playing in this tournament because it is an opportunity week and we will talk about that more as the show goes on. But there's the unique pro-am element to this tournament, which means that each professional has an amateur that they play with Thursday, Friday, Saturday, over the three courses and then the cuts made at the end of Saturday, then everyone plays the stadium for the final round on Sunday. So I don't know, Elk, what did you think of this kind of amateur element? We see it twice, we see it in close proximity because the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am is coming up soon and uh, and that's the other tournament that we see this format. But you know, some guys like it, other guys don't. Um, the rounds are longer typically, but the course setup is a little bit easier
0: the course setup is easier. You play with three amateurs each day. This, this tournament used to be 90 holes. And I was telling you on production meeting today about how when I was on tour, there was still a lot of 40-year-old sort of superstar players. When you think about, you know, Tom Kite, Ben Crenshaw, Raymond Floyd, you know, all these guys that you would see out at Palm Springs. They all had a relationship with these amateurs they'd played with for years and years and years. Even uh, Arnold Palmer was playing, I saw... Bob Hope, when 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 I was out there and before he, when he still was involved with the tournament, it was an amazing place to go play, play at the tournament. Now the tour is, the players are younger. There's, you watched on TV yesterday. Everyone's in their 20s, it seems like. No sort of superstar players in their 40s that we remember. They're all moved on to the Champions Tour, but there's a bit of a gap in the tour and that's just more competition. Guys are better, younger, but certainly... Uh, this tournament has an incredible history. Um, Palm Springs event. It's all played on ryegrass. I thought it was advantage- I thought it was fun to go out and play this event because you sort of guaranteed back then four or five days of golf in perfect weather, perfect fairways and greens, and it was just such a pleasant place to play. Wow. And I think there'll be some of the guys still thinking that way.
1: Perfect weather, not so much though, high for the week is 67, so it's going to be chilly, it's going to be chilly all week long, Um, you know, mornings are going to be 30s. 40s so the guys are going to have to deal with that coming from Hawaii which could be a little bit of a shock to the system um, but we're, we'll get on to talk about the course in a little while you mentioned that Hudson Swafford won last year that was the second time he'd won this tournament but he was 200 to 1 at the start of the week um, Siwoo Kim he won the year before at like 66 to 1 Andrew Landry was another 200 to 1 winner but Adam Long who won the year before Landry 2019 he was 600 to 1 at the start of the Week. So this is a bit of a precursor that we're going to be throwing out some big long shots. I think we have the biggest long shot of all time <laughs> that, yeah. that we're going to cover a little bit later on. But um, what is it about this tournament and the three courses that first of all gives us such high scoring and secondly really opens up the field to pretty much anyone?
0: Yeah, when you have very low pressure, there's not much there's not much stress because you're playing with three amateurs. So your time is consumed a little bit, I think, watching them play, learning to meet them, and you're not really feeling pressure from other tour players. So it's quite easy for, to, for us to see some no-name players. I say no-name, we know them, but people that you hadn't heard of, get off to a good start. You said the opportunity week. This is it. This is one of the last weeks left on the West Coast, Diane, where you can sneak in and play relatively un, not worried about pressure and win a ton of money, get a ton of points. I don't know how they think anymore. Is it points? Is it money? For me, it was always money or trophies. Uh, Not worried about points, but money. But this is a week where it's an opportunity week. Yes, we have top players scattered across the top of this board, but honestly, we're going to see a lot of names we haven't seen before.
1: And we talked about the three courses, the Nicholas course, La Quinta, and then the stadium course, Pete Dye course, which is very similar to TBC Sawgrass, where you of course had mega success. But, you know, with these guys, they're playing a very different course to Hawaii last week for the Sony Open, where hitting fairways was key. It was all about accuracy. Here, there's really no rough in this kind of these desert golf courses. Uh, The water is going to have to be avoided. But, you know, when we look back at past winner stats, it's really about approach and turns into a real putting contest. Four par fives on each of the three courses. So, you know, guys are going to have to score. They're going to have to go low.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a this week, you know, looking at the stats, Diane, you talked about driving accuracy. It is important. Like you can't play these courses if you're all over the place because a lot of these holes at PGA West have water all the way down on one side. The 18th hole, for example, is water all the way down the left. 17th is an island hole, so you've got to be hitting the ball pretty well. But if you miss the if if you miss the fairway on some of these holes, you better be you better be on the side with this grass and not water. But really, the name of the game, as we boil it all down. What wins this tournament is proximity to the hole with irons and whether you can convert those. I think you were telling me the stats of Hudson Swafford last year. I think he hit seventy five percent of his greens. Okay, that's like fifty two out of seventy two. The twenty greens he missed, he got up and down fifteen of those twenty. Only made what nine boat nine bogeys last week last year and twenty nine birdies, something like that. So all about iron shots close to the pin, converting. You know, you've got amateurs walking all over the place. You've got people moving. But end of the day, it's pin high golf knocking in the putt for birdie.
1: OK, OK. Um, well, I was just looking back at last year. Tom Hoagie, who was one of your top picks for last week, he finished runner-up. And then Brian Harmon, who was my top pick for last week, he finished third. Um, I feel like I've been a little bit burned by Harmon, so I'm not... I am I had such high expectations for last week and, um, what well, he finished, I think, like 20-something in the end. But, yeah, I mean, uh, how, how do you feel about um, your picks this week? We're going to dive into them in just a second.
0: I am not very confident about my picks this week, however. However, I always very optimistic, Diane. If I was out there playing, I'd be thinking about my iron play. I'd be thinking about my putting. I've got good players this week. I'm going to introduce one will be the longest shot, as you said already, of anyone we've had on our show. And I think there's a good talking point around that. It's not just out of the blue. Um, but we've also had some some of our secret golf contributors that have won this tournament. Jason Duffner's back in action this week. Andrew Landry's won this tournament. He's he's back in action. Don't know much about their games. I talked to Jason. He's he's ready. But what is it, you know, what does it take to be ready and actually, you know, do well in this tournament? Can you hit it down these fairways? I said earlier that this is where I got my tour card. We played 108 holes out there for the tour school die in six rounds i got my card on 1986 on the 8th of december and the reason i remember it was because i got my card on my birthday you talk about being happy (laughs) see
1: this goes back to my theme my ongoing theme of like great life milestones when you're happy in your life Siwa Kim, as you said, one last week, he just got married. It was between him and Hayden Buckley coming down the stretch and Buckley just got married in the short little off season too. So, you know, you getting your tour card on your birthday. Let me see if I can, f- I actually do this week. I have another feel good story that I'm throwing into the mix of my picks. <laughs>
0: um, Steve Jones, the 1996 US Open champion won the tour school that year. And I was tied for second with Rocco Mediate coming out of that school. So uh, it was a it was a it was a very very uh, you know brutal week that that course is tough. It's not as tough now with this new equipment, but it's still you can still go into water almost every hole. So it's not just a pushover, but we will see great scoring out there this week.
1: And it's the the sixty fourth year of this tournament. You know, it's one of the longest running on the tour schedule, and some huge names would play. You know, and I draw the crowds. Bing Crosby would play Frank Sinatra, like the 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 greats, the kind of old school great names. This was like a, a huge attraction for them to come and take part, but also for the fans to come out and watch as well. Which is why the the Bob Hope Classic just has that kind of legacy still. um, You know, now with it being the American Express.
0: The three things I remember when I think about fondly about the. The Hope classic, and now the American Express was. The weather in Palm Springs is like the most ridiculous thing ever. How beautiful it is sitting underneath those mountains. The fashion back in the eighties was just off the charts because that's when Sansa belts and all that were in style, and patent golf shoes. There was people were just. It was just a kaleidoscope across the golf course, and the celebrities. Those three things were the most fun things about going to the for this tournament. Every day after golf they always had parties going on at different houses all around the golf course and it was pretty pretty much regular you just walk up and make make yourself at home wherever you were out there it was just awesome atmosphere to play golf in do
1: you remember your pro-am partners did you ever have like a a great famous amateur celebrity
0: uh yes i played with a a ton of ton of celebrities out there i played uh, a practice round with um Jay Haas, who was the defending champion, we played nine-hole practice round with Bob Hope at Indian oh. Wells on a Wednesday, which was awesome. And there was ten thousand people out there. Uh, I didn't know, you know, I didn't. I knew everything about Bob Hope, but I, I was sort of out of my element. But I was just there, and I was talking to you about the fashion and the and the patent shoes and every. He had blue. He had blue patent shoes on. He yeah, had the craziest yeah, craziest looking pants on. He had a he had a golf cart that was shaped like his head with a big nose out front. And blue and it was blue. So it was great. And of course the Bob Hope girls. Who could forget the Bob Hope girls? The Bob waiting for that. Classic. John Daly married, I think, classic one year. Or was it or was it Hope? I can't remember. One or the other. Uh, but she wore the shirt very well.
1: I'm sure, I'm sure. Okay, great. Okay, well, let's move on and talk about our picks this week. Um, As we always do, we're going to give outright favourites ones to watch, slightly higher odds, and then dark horses have to be over 100 to 1. Um, Elk could have the best dark horse of all time this week, but that is coming up. So we're going to start with our outright favourites. As we said, a lot of big names playing this week. Um... John Rahm is kind of like the poster child for this event now. He is definitely leading the odds board, but I'll let you start. Who are you going to kick us off with for your outright favourite?
0: Well, I talked about a minute ago, Diane, how you do well in this event. And this course, it's all about sort of this pin high, getting a lot of chances, but then actually converting the chances. There's a lot of good players playing this, this week. And I, I was tempted, Diane, to look down the board a little further than I did but I just couldn't get past the guy who's the first in greens and red, uh, John Rahm's second, and I think you know I'm not going to pick Rahm. I already won with him this year. That was the, that was a couple of weeks ago. But I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at Patrick Cantley, Diane. I think there's with with Patrick Cantley, he has the tendency to get hot, and he's you know not much emotion. You know, very, uh, very calm when he plays, but he just sort of goes about his business. When he gets on the green, he shuffles his feet. He never putts until he's finally got his feet exactly where he wants to be. Anyway, I think Patrick Canley hits a straight. I think he's going to – he's a He's a bit of a, you know, machine when it comes to playing this style of golf. He's done well out here before. First in greens and reg, ninth in putting. Just can't see him not being in the money this week, Diane.
1: California guy as well, so we know the difference in the grass and the greens, and it's just obviously his his expertise. So, what odds are you seeing for Cantley? You know, I think he's what second favorite. On the-
0: uh, let's have a look. I looked at it, but it's probably going down. Uh, I've got him at just above ten to one. So not not exactly. as bad as I thought.
1: Eleven to one, I see him at. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, my outright favourite is 45 to one. I jumped past the big names. Um, Another real favourite this week is San Diego boy, Xander Shoffley, but remember Xander withdrew from the Century Tournament of Champions with back pain. So um, for that reason, I'm not touching him at all, but I'm going with Taylor Montgomery. (laughs) Now, I'm a big fan of Taylor. This is rookie season on the PGA Tour and I've talked about him a lot on the show. And a late bogey on Sunday at the Sony Open knocked him just out of the top 10. But this season he's having is unbelievable. Three top 10 finishes already and another four within the top 15. He's a phenomenal putter. Um, He's a big hitter, which, you know, these are are short courses this week. But that putting stat for him is just amazing. He's sitting third in overall putting average on the PGA Tour right now. So Taylor Montgomery, we're going to see him in contention again, again, again. We've already seen it, what, like seven times at least. Taylor Montgomery, 45 to one. I'm going all in with him ahead of all the big names as my outright favourite this week.
0: I like it. I mean, this week is... An absolute throwing a dart, but you have to base your picks around greens in reg and putting. I mean, you really do.
1: And scoring and someone like Taylor, we've seen we've seen, you know, how low he can go and the fact that he knows how to make birdies to be in contention that often. He's doing it consistently so it's only a matter of time before he wins and maybe it's gonna be this week also being a young guy he's gonna enjoy playing with these amateurs i think they probably enjoy it more than the seasoned pros that have done this again and again and again
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's all new for Taylor. You know, it's an exciting exciting place to play. I mean, you said the weather may not be that great, but the courses are in great shape. I mean, Jason Duffner and your brother and others, they go out there and practice out there just because the course is so perfect. Uh, seeded with ryegrass, it's, you know, very consistent. So all about converting your birdies this week.
1: Okay, right, we're moving on to our ones to watch. I've actually got two names. So I'll give you my first name and then we'll jump to yours and I'll come back with mine. But um, one of them is, you know, people that follow golf and follow this tournament year after year. This is not gonna be a surprising pick. So I'm kind of surprised that Adam Hadwin is 60 to one. When you look at tournament history this guy, you know, this is his place. He loves Desert Golf. He's finished within the top 3 in 2017, 2018 and 2019. Um and every time he's played here when you look at his stats, his stats are so good. So there's just something about coming back here that he really enjoys. He's in great form. He's had two top tens already this season. He's 11th in approach, 21st in total putting and top 20 in par five scoring. And with four par fives on all three of the courses, that's gonna be big this week. You know, they're reachable par fives and guys are gonna have to capitalize. So Adam Hadwin at 60 to one, the odds were too good to ignore.
0: And you can always tell when you're in the desert if you're going to play with a Canadian, Diane, there's always 500 people on the tee waiting to see their – they're so loyal. They, they all live down there in the winter, and so they're all lined up ready to see you. If you were paired with Mike Weir at, in Palm Springs, I mean, there's people coming out of the woodwork to see Mike Weir, all the Canadians. So I like that pick. My pick, this is going to be maybe the last time I pick this guy. Maybe I'm going with him one more time, going – Back to his coach. He's been out of the limelight for quite a bit of time. I saw him recently down at the Floridian in a tournament that he won with his partner, uh, beat me and my partner quite easily. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Ricky Fowler, Diane, who's gone back to Butch Harmon, has been putting his swing up on Instagram and Twitter. He's changed it. It looks great. Everyone agrees it looks great. I happen to like the swing that I saw from Ricky when he first came out, when he first came out of Oklahoma State. However, he seems very confident, Diane, about what he's working on. He hit a ton of good shots down uh, at the tournament we were at. I I watched him pretty close. Is Ricky Fowler, can he come back, Diane, and do something? We know how good he puts, So I can't really go to this sheet right here and give you a bunch of good news about Ricky Fowler's stats. I have to go on intuition and changing things, and now things are different than what this piece of paper says. We know he has the potential.
1: You saw him. Can, but...
0: can he come back, Diane, at 80-1 and play well at this tournament?
1: Well, let's talk about the swing changes because, as you say, this video was everywhere on social media during the week. Um, you know, the comparison of what his swing was like when he won the players, when he won the waste management, when he had all the success um, – what he's been working on and how different it is now. What are those big changes?
0: Well, he's got his... I would say now that his swing is looking more orthodox. Maybe a bit more like mine, for example. It doesn't... He used to have the club... You know, he used to go all over the place and he used to... But he used to have this unreal download cocking mechanism that he could just put a, a ton of uh, energy into the ball. And I love that. And Terry Okur, our producer, we used to stand there and watch Ricky out in Phoenix when he first came out and we were looking at this kid like when he was a rookie uh, saying, oh, here we go. Here's another guy that we're going to have to watch out for. That's going to be taking another piece of this pie. That was way back and he kept that swing for years. And then I don't know where his swing didn't work and where he started changing it. But anyway, he's got this thing looking very sort of, as I said, very on plane, very square, can he take that swing action, Diane, and put it into play for real? Well, we're going to find out because there's tons of water, there's tons of islands, there's tons of greens with everything. I think quietly he's feeling very confident, uh, the way I hear all of my friends talking about Ricky Fowler. So I'm looking at him at 80 to 1 this week, Diane. Never see 80 to 1 on Ricky Fowler.
1: Uh-huh. okay so i am i hadman at 60 to one ricky at 80 to one my next guy is 90 to one so we're gradually growing um i am gonna go with joel damon as one of my ones to watch picks and um, when we did our sheet this week and um, which is available on the SG tour golf gaming app he jumped all the way up to number four in our re-ranking so immediately i had all eyes on him um he's having a heck of a season again three top 10 finishes like taylor montgomery he's fifth in scoring average so we know that that's going to be you know guys are going to have to score and go low this week his iron game has always been a strength um set up those birdie ops but do you want to know the main reason why i am picking joel damon it's one of I think I
0: know, but I think I know.
1: he's about to become a dad <laughs> So his wife is due in January. I mean, it's got to be in the the next couple of weeks. He might be getting a call. To what, where they live in uh, Phoenix, he might be heading home. You never know. But that baby is just around the corner. He has to be loving life on and off the course right now. Playing great. His life's about to, you know, completely change as a new mom for the best. So I love it. Joel Damon at 90 to one. I'm definitely picking him.
0: It happened to me, Diane. I had my best year when my daughter was born in 1995. Uh, it was because I didn't care anything about the golf. I just couldn't wait to get back home. And I know you can relate right now because you have a new toddler right in there somewhere behind you. And uh, you just don't worry about other things that used to worry you before. And I think Joel Damon's a good indication of that. I think he will be focused on his, on his, uh, child is on the way, but he's a good good player. I think Joel Damon is probably uh, the most improved thinker over the last three or four years of what he used to be when he first came on tour, talking about, oh, I just, you know, I think one of his quotes was, just give me two or three hundred thousand a year, you know, and that's good, or whatever the number was to get exempt. Give me that. I don't have to win. I just, I'm worried, you know, now... He's thinking about winning because he knows when he plays, he's as good as these other guys, and they're winning. So he's, hey, why not? So I like, I like, uh, I like Damon this week. And he
1: got that win in uh, was it Puerto Rico? It was one of the alternate field events. So he knows what it feels like to win now, and his goal has to be to win a full field event and to to keep it going. So. I liked it and especially 90 to one and jumping up to number four in our re-ranking. So he was ticking all those boxes for me this week. We need a hot putting week from Joel Damon and we'll be all good. Um, Okay, so so we've got Hadwin at 60 to one, Ricky at 80 to one, Joel Damon at 90 to one and then we move on to our dark horses. I feel like I'm cheating a little bit this week because we say they have to be 100 to one or over. My guy is 100 to one. (laughs) Even though you're covering the long shot portion of the show Um, so we're going to leave you till afterwards I will kick off with my guy and I found out a little bit of inside information which led me to this pick Harris English is a hundred to one now he lives in Sea Island big Georgia guy so he would have been celebrating of course their big win actually I wonder if he's a Jacksonville Jaguars guy because he lives relatively close they just had their combination
0: could be a combination to win
1: but He talked about this last week. Um, He made the cut at the Sony, but then finished pretty much near the bottom. But in one of his interviews, I picked up this little nugget of info. After Christmas, he flew out to Palm Springs and he spent all of his time playing on La Quinta and the stadium course. And he said that he would be out there practicing on these courses, getting the feel of them until dark. So for Harris English, that tells me he must see this as being a big opportunity week for him. Where his game is at, the strength of his game and these courses. He hasn't played here for the last couple of years. So um, someone like English, he had an injury. So it really kind of derailed him a little bit and he's been building it back. He must've been plotting, okay, wait a minute. Why have I not played here? I've had a lot of success, but maybe this is the course that's gonna kind of revamp my PGA tour career. So, he was out there grinding, and I think there has to be something behind it. And at 100-1, to 1, I am going with Harris English.
0: Yeah, when Harris English was playing the Tour before he got hurt, he was in everybody the tip oh, of right. everyone's tongue. He was in the top 10. He was top 10 player probably in the world when he was winning, uh, what, he won three tournaments uh, in a short space of time. And then he went off the, you know, with an injury, now he's fighting his way back. So... He's doing it the right way. He's focusing on his form at this course. So he'll be ready and it's a good pick.
1: I said he hadn't played for a little while. An eleventh place was his best, but he's never missed a cut here when he has played. So, you know, has played here well before and is just looking for all that hard work to pay off. So I like it. Okay, I'm dying well, to hear. I've your- got a
0: different I've got a different set of odds on my player, Diane. I went I've got an 800 to one shot. <laughs> and before you say Elk has lost his yeah. mind, <laughs>
1: oh, I think
0: God. maybe Vegas have lost their mind because my player that I'm choosing this week, a foreign player, came off the Corn Ferry Tour, five top tens, fifth in the final, but now he's on the PGA Tour and finished in the top ten last week in Hawaii, Diane. I'm going to take a crack at his name here.
1: Oh, no. Nico
0: Echevarria, <laughs> you now you do you do you you give me your pronunciation of my oh, player.
1: I think it's um so Nicholas or Nico Echevarria. I think it's Echevarria.
0: Nico Echevarria, <laughs> top ten Colombian on who played Hawaii last week. How could anyone that had top ten last week be eight hundred to one? This has got to be a mistake. This is a chance for everyone to watch this show to go out and put five bucks on on Nico this week. It's
1: not that I doubt you, but I'm double checking this right now because I'm like, is he really 800 to one? I'm like scrolling down, scrolling down, go. Scroll. Well, yeah, oh my gosh.
0: His best stat, <laughs> by the way, is putting.
1: He's he's dropped in the short space of time to 600 to one. So They just
0: heard, they, they're he watching heard. the show in Vegas. Right. They're watching it's it. <laughs> So I'm all about new young players and getting, getting people to know them via this show. So we were one of the first that told you about Will Zalatoris. He's playing this week. It's nice to see him back healthy again. So the new name, you are going to give it to me or I'm going to say it one more time. You
1: do it. You do it. You've got it. Uh,
0: Nico, you said Ekevarria.
1: Ekevarria. Ekevarria.
0: Nico Ekevarria. Everyone's going to know this name by the end of the week, Diane. What if he pulls it off at 600 to one?
1: Well, I just looked at his stats for last week. He was sixth in putting and seventh off the tee. Yeah, yeah. And then finished um, just outside the top 10 at 12th. So I'm going to double check the pronunciation of his name because <laughs> if we get it wrong, you can bet your bottom dollar that people are going to tell us that we got it wrong. That's so,
0: okay. do mind.
1: That's all right.
0: Um you heard it here first.
1: I'm, o- I'm going to open up a video of one of his birdies. You're going to
0: listen to a commentator say it. Yeah. Well, check your feet and legs for these two things, and I'm going to show you in this. Over at the 9th, Nico Echeveria <laughs> started off. <laughs> hey, Rolfie may, be re- Rolfie may be wrong. Echeveria?
1: Oh, wow. That was like...
0: Can we roll that again?
1: Ooh,
0: Echeveria. 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 Okay. okay. Nico Echeveria is my pick this week at 600 to 1, Diane. Nico Echeveria.
1: <laughs> Which is actually just exactly the way it's written, so that makes total sense. Okay. True. So I've got Hannes English at 100 to 1, and you have Nicholas Echavarria we're never gonna forget that now at well we found him earlier today at 800 to 1 and um, as you say Vegas are getting it wrong now he's dropped to 600 to 1 so I love it um, good great pick great pick right well this is such a good week on the PGA Tour the start of the West Coast Swing um, so, this is uh, we've got some great tournaments coming up, big tournaments where we're going to see a lot of big names. Um, we have some of them back in the field this week, and we'll see how we get on. How did you do last week on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app?
0: I was second in my uh, big game. Um, I, I, I had three that made the cut, and one missed, and that knocked me out. And uh, but uh, third and no, sorry, second and eleventh okay. and like ten. I, I play lots of games. i got bad habits. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's all right. Um, Well, you can join in with Alex Bad Habits and uh, check out the HD Tour Golf Gaming app, available to download now in the App Store. And, well, thank you for watching and listening, checking out all of our picks, and we'll be back with the Tour Report next week. Sports Social
0: Podcast Network.